I'm Stephanie Lugo, ex-corporate 9to5er turned top producing realtor and coach. Along the way to growing a top 1% attraction-based real estate business, I became obsessed with all things marketing systems, scaling, and social. But it wasn't always easy, and I remember what it felt like to lack the confidence, direction, and know-how to make it happen. So I created the Market Authority Show to share simple, actionable, step-by-step help and inspiration to build your dream real estate business with help from timeless principles and today's cutting edge strategies. Here, we always keep it real and never shy away from the topics that you are dying to know more about but can never get a straight answer to. Clients, growth, family balance, failure, and how to navigate an ever-changing real estate industry are just a few of the topics that we're going to tackle together. Whether you're just starting out on your real estate journey or you've been around for a while, we've got a few tricks up our sleeve that you'll want in on and all are welcome here. So let's dive in. Welcome to another exciting episode of The Market Authority Show, your go-to podcast for real estate agents seeking community and growth. I'm your host, Stephanie Lugo, and I have some exciting news to share with you today. But first, let's take a quick moment to reflect on the incredible journey that we've had so far with The Market Authority Show. Throughout the last 120 plus episodes, I've had the pleasure of hosting some of the brightest minds and industry experts who have shared their valuable insights, strategies, and success stories. We have covered a wide range of topics from lead generation and negotiation skills to personal development, momming with flair, and achieving work-life balance. And now it's time to turn a new leaf. What's next? Well, we believe in constantly improving and providing you with the best possible content. And so I've made the decision to take a pause, refresh our content strategy, and put together an exceptional lineup of guests and work diligently behind the scenes to ensure that season two of the Market Authority Show can be the best it can possibly be. To do that, we're going to close the chapter on this first season of the Market Authority Show and take a short break as we prepare for a launch of season two later this summer. As we approach the end of this remarkable season of the Market Authority Show, I want to express my gratitude to all of you, our loyal listeners, for your support. Now, during this break, I encourage you to catch up on any episodes you might have missed and share your favorite moments with your fellow real estate agents. I'll also be active on our social media channels and my weekly YouTube series isn't going anywhere. So make sure to follow along for exciting updates and announcements regarding season two. Now, in this compilation episode today, we will be revisiting some of the most impactful and thought-provoking moments from the show this year. It's a curated collection of insights and inspiration that will both educate and motivate you on your path to real estate success. Thank you again so, so, so much for being a part of the Market Authority Show community. Your continuous support and shares and engagements mean the world to us. We can't wait to return with an incredible new season packed with valuable insights, game-changing strategies, and empowering conversations. Until then, keep striving for greatness. And remember, success in the real estate market starts with becoming the market authority. Stay tuned, stay inspired, and we'll see you in season two. 
you might be able to really just by proxy get some good nuggets here from this conversation and maybe put yourself in her shoes to see how you might navigate similar transitions that she is. Now, the Market Authority Academy is a mentorship program available to real estate professionals who desire to grow their brand and business using the modern social media strategies and proven systems designed for maximum scalability. We've been able to accomplish incredible things in the last year or two with agents in the Market Authority Academy, and we continue to just make improvements to the program. And we've actually unrolled a few really exciting changes into the Academy. So if you are looking at 2023 and you're wondering how to make this your best year yet, I invite you to book a call with my team. Go to the show notes of this episode where you will find a link to book a call with us, learn more about the program. And during that time, we're going to actually have a 30 minute strategy session with you. We're going to understand where your business is now and where you would like it to be. And we're going to show you the fastest path to getting to that level of success that you want to achieve in 2023. And then if it makes sense, if it's a good fit, we'll talk about ways that we can collaborate together in the Market Authority Academy. So all the show notes are uh, going to be there to show you exactly how to book that call with us. But otherwise, please enjoy this live coaching session with Devin. Devin, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really excited to chat. Thank you for having me. I'm excited as well. Awesome. Okay, let's get to it. So for those who haven't met you yet, can you share just a little bit about your story um, and kind of how you came to the Market Authority Academy as a newer agent? Yeah, sure. So um, I'm a realtor here in Southern California, born and raised. Um, people who either I meet out of state or are just kind of fed up with Southern California and tell me and my boyfriend like, oh, you know, California is too expensive. It's this and that. Like, I love being here. We are so grateful to be here. It's, you know, you have the mountains, the snow, the surf all in one day. And granted, the real estate is really nice. <laughs> but um, a little bit about my story. I grew up here, like I said, but my family's been in real estate. But, you know, real estate's not one of those professions they teach you in school. It's usually a doctor, a lawyer, or something like that. And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to do something totally non-traditional according to my family, which was anything other than real estate. But then going through the motions, you know, going through uh, high school and college, I was just like, this this fire, this passion that I'm feeling, it's, it's not there. And so I was like, you know, maybe there's a reason my family was in real estate all this time. So um, I actually was an accountant at a real estate investment firm and that kind of sparked that passion for all things real estate. Um, but then I realized, you know, the nine to five wasn't really my gig. So I wanted to have a little bit more autonomy, have a little bit control of my time and kind of have something new every day. Cause I don't know about others who know about counting, but it's pretty much the same thing every day. Mm-hmm. And so I decided to quit what I like to call my big girl job and um, got my real estate license. And then I was at a brokerage out in Orange County which if people aren't familiar with Southern California, Orange County is a whole different real estate beast. So I'm very grateful to have my time out there. You know, the price points are higher, but the competition is very fierce. And so I was able to kind of detach myself from the price ranges and really focus more on the service part. Um, Not that where I'm at now in the Inland Empire isn't like that, but it's a lot more uh, desensitized, I should say. So um, I just switched brokerages actually now that I'm on a team, which um, like I was telling you before, I, I needed that guidance. I needed that that leadership, that mentorship, because 
as a new agent, whatever you think you're going to learn in those courses, you're not going to use it. You really aren't. You need to figure out how one to be an honest salesperson, but also you're now running a business. So you wear so many hats. And so that was one of the main things I was looking for in a mentorship. So when I found Market Authority Academy and you, you know, I just happened to fall upon it on YouTube, but your values really aligned with me where your, your focus is, you know, the service and the people, not the commission checks. And that was something I wanted to be different where I'm at. And, you know, if, if you are passionate and you help people, I believe the money will follow. Mm-hmm. And I do believe that there's enough business and real estate for everybody. But um, the traditional coaches that most people are, you know, like they focus more on the numbers and the calls and stuff like that. But I wanted to build a business where I'm attracting, you know, lifelong clients that turn into friends. And I go to like their weddings or their baby showers. My client that I, um, I should say my first client last year, um, they just invited me to their birthday party and it was so fun. We were there forever. Maybe had a little bit too much to drink, but it was just that relationship <laughs> is what I wanted in my business. And so being with MMA, I, I know that I'm doing all the right things. And I'm also learning how to be a business woman, not just a salesperson, which I think is, you know, kind of the most crucial part in my opinion. What have been um, some of those like realization moments where where you learned what it actually meant to be a business person in real estate? Because I, I think that there is kind of a little bit of a transition from going going from oh, it's not just selling houses; it's like you said, wearing all the hats and actually running a business. I there there seems to there was definitely a disconnect for me getting into real estate. And it took me probably like six months to realize like, wait a second, that's why things aren't clicking. Was there a moment like that for you? Or was it just a gradual sense of like something's not clicking? No, yeah, it was definitely like that. I would say it took about six months too, just because you don't know what you don't know until you're in, you know, you're in the daily grind and things like that. But for me, it was, it was kind of twofold. So one was, you know, at the previous brokerage I was at, people were cold calling day in and day out, which is part of the job. But I would constantly hear, you know, okay, call me when you're ready. I'll be here when you're ready. And it was just more so of a waiting game and kind of not providing any value or any service um, in that moment, I should say. But then the other part was, let's say that, you know, after doing 100 cold calls a day, you actually get somebody well, what now? You're so focused on the prospecting and the sales part of it. You have to have smooth processes and really great experiences to one, maintain that person, that relationship, but possibly get referrals from them and care about their loved ones as well. So it was more so like, okay, how do I have all these systems in place? That way I don't have to recreate the the wheel every time I get a new client, but also generate and attract new business. So it was kind of Again, another reason why I absolutely love MAA because it was, you can't have one without the other. If you're just focused on prospecting, but you don't have that those systems or that way to build a relationship, then you're just chasing leads after leads. And you're you know basically a nine to fiver just waiting for your next paycheck. But if you have all the systems, but you don't know how to attract those ideal clients, well, then you're just an operations manager. So you kind of have to have all of those systems in place. So like I said, they don't teach you that, but a lot of the more traditional coaches and even my family too, because they're older generations than I am, they are so focused on, you know, get your calls in. Or at my last brokerage, I would always hear, call your sphere, tell your sphere. (laughs) Okay, well, I also don't want my sphere or my neighbors or my loved ones to run back inside when they see me 
or feel like, oh my gosh, why is this person calling me? You know what I mean? Like, I really wanted to focus on the relationships and the business side because I feel like those will just allow business to come. And that's kind of what MA was teaching me and allowing me to have the business I have today. I love that. So um, I'm, I love how you articulated that. Thank you. What big wins have you, um, have you been able to celebrate so far up until now? Yeah. So I would have to say kind of going back to the, the two main things that I think of is generating and maintaining, I call them relationships because that's what this business is about in my opinion, but also the systems. I now have all the right systems, thanks to you, obviously, but all the right systems to know, okay, this is what I need to do to stay on track, making sure that I take on that stress for my clients and to promise that experience of, hey, this is actually fun. This is not supposed to be stressful. This is not supposed to be you know, a horrible experience, but also at the same time, being that trusted advisor and knowing that I have to set those realistic expectations. And this is a huge purchase for a lot of people. And I have to be more than just a friend, but I have to be more than just a professional advisor. So I would have to say my biggest win is knowing how to cultivate a relationship that is a little bit of both. And I would say that with my last client, that's kind of how we were. It was a referral. And, you know, I was able to balance that, hey, this is the hard things that we need to do to get this happening. And also, here's how we can enjoy the process at the same time. So I feel like that's another huge win. I feel like the other huge win I have is just knowing that after I'm doing my prospecting or doing my calls or I receive a referral, I know exactly what to do. That way, when I decide to cut off work for the day, I'm at peace and I have balance. Because if I'm stressed out, it's going to not only reflect badly on my clients, but also my loved ones too. And that was another reason why I got into real estate was being able to control my time and my efforts and, you know, really have a passion for something, but being able to turn it off and not feel guilty about it as well. I love that. I love that for you. That's really cool. <laughs> Thank you. So, so where are we looking to this year? What goals? I want to kind of switch gears into looking ahead, maybe a little bit of life coaching. Um, what goals are we looking to this year in 2023? And what struggles are we looking to overcome? Because there's, regardless of how long you've been in the business, there's always going to be like new level, new devil <laughs> struggles that come up. So what, what are we working on? So this year, I would love to be able to help eight families or eight individuals, whether that be, you know, with a sale or a buy or an investment, it, it doesn't matter what if I just help eight people, I will be extremely happy. The other thing too, that I think I would really like to achieve is just to have a little bit more structure in my day. Um, I've been doing a lot of MMA work, MMA work and, you know, I have theme days and I make sure that like, I don't need to cram everything in one day, but so I still kind of feel like I'm not doing enough. Um, but that could also be, I'm still transitioning my mindset and my activities from a nine to five work grind where it's sometimes, yeah, I'm there for eight hours, but maybe I'm not doing the most efficient work there. Whereas here I can work for about five hours a day and get more done than I would in eight hours instead of having all that busy work. So I think obstacles would have to be one, just getting out of my comfort zone, getting out there. I'm, I'm a huge introvert. I love being, you know, a homebody, but I know I have to get out there, kind of meet new people. Um, but also kind of getting, getting over the imposter syndrome as a young woman, especially in Southern California with the competition, 
I always either hear, you know, which is surprising, but I still hear, oh, I would prefer a man to sell my home or, you know what, you're really, oh yeah. I don't know why that's surprising to me, but I guess, I guess I don't hear it to my faces often. Yeah. Well, it's usually the ones that, you know, are over the phone. So they have a little bit more comfortability with that, but um, I, I also really hear like, oh, you're, you're too young, which, you know, I don't think I am, but it is what it is, especially with the older generation. Like I totally understand that there's, you know, a fear that I can't do what most ex- super experienced agents do. But I do know that I need to work on my mindset and my imposter syndrome and know that, hey, I, I deserve to sit at this table. I deserve to give him the chance and given the chance, I'll prove you wrong in a great way. I had a lender recently, he told me, because he just bust out laughing, because another just off the wall situation happened. I called him to ask if it was normal, because I'm still young in the business. Mm -hmm. And he just cackled laughing at me. And he said, Caitlin, I never know what I'm going to get when you call me, but I just know (laughs) it's going to be, it's going to be fun. I'm like, oh gosh. So continued. Yeah, (laughs) that says a lot about your ability to handle stressful situations and to um, lean into your own resilience and know that you can handle something that's coming for you, even if you know, um, it might be a new situation. So um, I'm I'm excited to see how that continues to serve you going forward, because those are great qualities in an agent. (laughs) Thank you. Okay, Karen Ann, your turn. Give us a give us a high low. How's it how to go last year? And and what are we looking for um, going into this year? Yeah. So last year was actually like a breakthrough year for me, um, which was very, very exciting. Um, Lots of changes and challenges along the way, but um, I actually had my first six-figure year, which was a huge goal of mine since I got into the industry. And I'm so excited to say that I hit it and I'm like, oh gosh, can I keep it up for next year? Right. Which I, I feel like I can, but I don't know. There's always like that little bit of doubt in the back of your head, like, nah, you can't do it, you know? So that is something that um, I'm definitely trying to take into the new year is just, um, you know, positivity and like the confidence and believing in yourself because um, I can do it and I proved it to myself. So I need to continue to believe in it. Um, But last year started off really weird. Um, I was actually like randomly on a team um, because I had that like lack of confidence that I could do it. So I joined a team and I was like, "Ah, I I don't know why I did this. It's not a good fit. I left the team and I completely soared. I went really deep right back into market authority. Um, I had my husband um, who officially joined me um, as my admin in 2020 Um, we like really just, I don't know, we just went into it with a totally different mindset and we put our plan together and we just literally trusted the process and watched it unfold, which was incredible. Um, so I'm very, very excited about that. Um, and some of my losses I would say would be that, um, I was, I don't know, I hate to say that this is a loss. It is, but it's not, I don't know. It's, it's challenging to like, think about it this way, but I sort of lost myself Mm. in my business. So I like had these goals and I was pushing for these goals and I had so much change. We had just moved into a new house. Um, In April, we decided to um, stop homeschooling our children who we've always homeschooled. It wasn't just a pandemic thing. It was a, um, 
a, like a choice, a life choice situation. And so we decided not to homeschool them anymore. And that, um, that kind of was a loss, right. Um, in ways, uh, for us emotionally. And we just went through all of these big changes. And I just feel like, where was I in all of this? It was just like, we have to make decision, decision, decision. We have to just, you know, just live in the life every single day and just like working and, and doing everything with the kids. And, um, I just feel like I kind of lost myself. Um, but that's okay. Cause I've made a plan gone <laughs> back to my roots and made a plan to, um, to really like find myself again. So, um, I, I like lost myself so much that I even like stopped cooking dinner. I was like delegating that to my husband who, um, should not have that that was should not have been something that should have been delegated to him, <laughs> to him. um because one I love to cook like truly mm-hmm. and um he he doesn't so um that just it didn't make sense and so we're kind of like getting back into this rhythm of like oh we can do this and we're having family time just it just looks different and so um i think kind of overcoming those changes um, in the midst of having this like breakthrough year where it's like, oh my gosh, I got my first like million dollar deal this year. And I took my kids to Disney and, and like, I just never could have imagined that before. So, wow. So, so it's so interesting how, as we like reach new levels of growth and, and when we have those big breakthroughs, it's never like happening in a silo. It's always going to like cause ripple effects in other places of your life because just the nature of of being a real estate agent, it's so interwoven with um with our personal life and our day-to-day and the lifestyle that we choose to live. Um so that's really interesting and I I guess I didn't like think about it from that perspective because like I was very, you know, I was hearing about this as we were going through the year, but to to hear it all kind of put together like that, I'm sure there was a lot to to deal with. So kudos to you to keeping on top of everything in the midst of all that. That's hard. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, it is hard. Thank you for acknowledging that. <laughs> I appreciate that. It, it takes a certain kind of strength to, <laughs> to navigate the changing winds of real estate for sure. But I, I feel like you guys all have that quality um, and, and it's interesting to see it play out. I want to talk about um, kind of what's working right now and maybe some things that we've stopped. And I know you you guys have kind of touched on it just in in the stories that you're sharing, but what's working right now, Abe? What are you you feeling really good about? What are you going to keep doing? Sure. Um, So what's working right now really well for me is really just a lot of one-on-one connection, like a lot of like really diving kind of into a lot of the you know, um, the engagement part of what, especially what we learn in Market Authority Academy is just that engagement part of it. Um, and, and I think that that's what has really helped me with my sphere business quite a bit, um, you know, is, is pulling, pulling deals from like, okay, you know, what can I do? What are the things that I can do to reach out to people, to set appointments, to get, you know, face to face with somebody, to have a conversation, um, and, and because of that, I think, um, I've, I've gotten some referrals out of it. I've gotten, you know, coffee meetings and, you know, I, I'm taking the approach right now, especially with them where it's, I don't care if we're 12 months out, like it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I'm here to serve you in some way. Um, a lot of the, the, the posts that I'm doing on social media, that's really been kind of my focus has been 
how can I serve you? What ways can I find to serve you? Whether it's helping you with something your family needs, whether it's helping with something, you know, um, teaching you a little bit about real estate, if you don't know anything about it, whether it's helping you to understand what you need to. And that's kind of morphed into actually um, a month from now, about a month from now, I'm going to be hosting my first like first time buyer seminar. Okay. Um, so that's going to be something that I'm doing for the first time. Um, so, so that I think has worked probably more than anything else is just, you know, focusing on little things like just reaching out to people more through, you know, uh, for, for different reasons, birthdays, congratulations, things like that. Um, I got a really sweet message from somebody the other day. It was, uh, one of my first clients in 2021. Um, they just not only got engaged, but had a first, uh, child, her, she had her first child. And um, obviously, you 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 know you know how that feels. And so um, when I reached out to her to talk about things um, and congratulate her on all of that, she wrote me back talking about how like she and her husband or her soon to be husband were just recently talking about how grateful they felt to have met me and and wow. become a friend of theirs and everything. And so you know, just deepening those relationships, I think. Um, is really what has been working for me more than anything. And like I said, a lot of that is stuff that, you know, I I probably have been pretty good overall at relationships, but being part of Market Authority has really helped strengthen that understanding of how that works in this industry. That's awesome. Was there um was there a moment where you decided like this is where I need to lean into, or did it just kind of naturally start to lean more towards that way as time went on? Um, I think it just naturally started to lean into it. There, there was probably some realization last year when I needed to focus on like understanding listings and the seller side of things where I realized I'd kind of gotten away from it. Mm -hmm. And so there, I, I, you know, I couldn't pinpoint an exact like moment, but there was definitely, you know, probably uh, I, I, I would say in the summertime last year when I started realizing that like, I really need to start picking up the pace on strengthening those relationships and that skill. I love that. Thanks, Abe. That's so yeah. cool. Caitlin, what about you? What's working right now? What have you stopped? What are you going to keep doing? So an active lesson that I'm learning is to give myself a lot more grace than I have been. So I'm recognizing that anytime I get unnecessarily disappointed or defeated in real estate, it is because of my own spoken or unspoken expectations that I've put on myself whether they're fair or not. So the first thing that you want to do when you're establishing a partnership is really finding synergy with your goals, values, and mission. You really have to have a sit down with the individual that you are considering having a partnership or someone who you're already in a partnership with and be able to articulate the vision for the near and the long term together. You want to make sure that you both have the same intention of what you want to create with this business, what that mission looks like, what shared values you guys hold most important, and you want to understand what motivates you and the other person as well. Now, this is also a really important factor in the hiring process, which was a question that I got on the Instagram stories, and I'll go a little bit deeper um, once we get to that. But you really do want to understand what motivates each other because you might have a blind spot for what 
you kind of really need in order to keep things going. So for example, motivation is something that real estate agents are always wondering how to how to stay motivated, how to stay motivated, how to stay inspired towards your goals. And a lot of real estate agents assume that just by having accountability in another person, then you can you can create that motivation just through that collaboration back and forth. That's really not so much the case because motivation is going to come and go. And when you have another person who is involved in this working unit with you, you are also susceptible to their ebbs and flows and their emotional state. And whether or not they come to the table with fresh energy and inspiration driven by motivation, right? And so you you have to understand what drives the other person. Are they motivated by money? Do they have a chip on their shoulders so they're out to make their mark on the world? That's kind of me and Bryce, I would say. <laughs> you, you have to know where their comfort zone is and what happens when they kind of settle into that comfort zone. You really want to get a sense of the other person's nature is what it comes down to. And if you have a pretty solid relationship with this person already, you might have some clues, but there are some things that you can ask them to uncover some of these ideas because what you want to know ultimately is whether or not you two are both going to have the same amount of drive towards your goals. If you get into a partnership and you guys think that you're on the same page with a mission to impact 100 families every year and help them with their home purchase or sale, right? That's a huge undertaking, even just for two people. But what's going to happen when one of you gets tired or hungry? Are one of you going to slack off and the other one's going to have to pick it up? Like what, what are those moments going to look like that ultimately happen in every partnership? So that's the first one. You really have to find those synergy with goals, values, and and your mission. And you need to be able to articulate that. And so that's actually part of the business plan that we put together in the Market Authority Academy is identifying what those vision, um, what the vision, the goals, the values, the mission, all those really important parts that bring that human element to a business. Because that's that story that's going to drive you guys through the lull periods, through hard times, through failures, and through when you just kind of are lacking motivation. The next thing that we learned, and we kind of knew this going into it, was we really understood the importance of developing roles within our team and organization. So Bryce and I have always been a small but mighty unit. Like we were never those people who wanted to come into real estate and grow a mega team and hire a bunch of people and just have this enormous organizational unit. For a long time, it was just him and I, and we had an assistant at one point, we had our transaction coordinator, like we had support as we needed it, of course, but it's always really just been him and I. But even with the two of us, we had very clear roles carved out after we really figured out what we wanted to do um, within the team. And so there's a couple things that you can do here just to start. Now, for for Bryce and I, we went through a couple of years, like one or two years, of sharing all of the work in the real estate business because we were coming into the industry, both of us, with absolutely no clue what to do. 
I'm not even kidding you. We we had no understanding of what it took to build a business together, much less in the real estate industry. And so the first couple of years were straight up just learning everything, learning the transactions, learning different team structures, learning the market, learning the tech that comes with it, right? Understanding the MLS, understanding where to upload docs to the brokerage, um, DocuSign, like all, it, all down to the basics. So we had to really spend a lot of time learning that. And that learning curve took us a while because it was such a giant transition. But over time, we really kind of understood how the different workflows kind of broke down in a real estate business. And from there, we found each other's strengths and interests and kind of began to divvy up um, work based off of that to help us define roles. Now, this is different from straight up delegation. By defining a role, you're able to articulate the expectation of each other, right? So just delegating work and making sure it gets done, that's one thing. The other is saying, here's our big goal. Here's where we're taking the business. As a wheel on the vehicle, here is what I am responsible for from A to Z. This is my commitment and this is how I'm going to be contributing to this business as a vehicle to get us to our goals, right? And so it's really defining a role and understanding how that person needs to operate. And then all the delegation happens underneath that umbrella. So where you can start with this is by number one, finding each other's strengths. Now you can do a lot of different personality tests, of course. You can do a disc analysis. You can do the strengths finder. What I actually find to be the most insightful is the Colby index because it's very unique. It does not measure intelligence. It doesn't measure personality or a social style. It measures the instinctive ways that you take action when you strive. And now some people really strive with a list. You can give them a list and they will bust all of that work out from start to finish. They will not deviate from that list. They will not take initiative to go beyond that and they do not have vision to see beyond the list of work that you've given them. Other people have really expansive vision and they're dreamers and they can really begin to imagine what's possible with a little bit of effort and then develop really neat frameworks to make that vision come into fruition. But in terms of the actual day-to-day execution, they kind of struggle, right? And so understanding these different nuances is really helpful beyond just a disc personality because it helps you understand who's going to do well with what kind of work. So for example... I love to tinker. I love the marketing. I love the back end. I do not strive in face-to-face environments. I'm a little bit more introverted. I find socializing and networking very draining. That's something that I've really had to work on over the last 10 years. Whereas Bryce is the exact opposite. He does really well face-to-face with people. He gains a lot of energy from that. He loves the going out around town, doing showings. That's where he really strives the best and that's where he thrives in in those areas. For me, I can create a lot of momentum from our business if I never leave my desk in my home office where I'm comfortable and I know where the coffee maker is and I know I have a clean bathroom for when I need to break and I know that my environment is all taken care of, right? Like that's just, maybe that's a little TMI. 
but that's kind of how it worked out for us. And so with the with that information, we were really able to develop those roles in our team and organization. Now, if we look at Gary Keller's format for a team in the Millionaire Real Estate Agent book, I don't know if I'm even saying that title. It's been a while since I've read it. That seems to be like the gold standard for any team format. We can look at that for some clues on what roles need to be accounted for. So you have the team lead, you have the transaction coordinator, of course, and then you have buyers agents or showing agents who's really heavy on like the front end side in terms of just getting a, a client from contract to close, right? You have the administrative assistants who do a lot of things on the back end. So again, it can look however it needs to look for your organization, depending on how you're setting it up. There's really no one way to define what roles any given organization needs. But for us, I basically handle everything from the marketing to generating the leads to getting leads to the signed employment contract. Past that point, I don't want anything to do with them. I don't, (laughs) and I know that sounds crazy, but at this point, I understand that I just don't like going to showings. I don't want to be servicing listings and going around the valley and hopping in and out of the car all day. Like that is just not something that I want to do. So everything on the back end of the business to generating clients, making those connections, building our database, getting all that organized, and then generating leads that we can then convert into lifetime clients, that's where I thrive. Anything after that, Bryce picks up and goes. When you're creating a real estate business or when you're creating any business for yourself, you don't want to put yourself into a position to where you have become your worst boss and your worst employee, right? The the terrible boss that has completely unrealistic expectations and the employee who says they can meet them all, but never ultimately ends up delivering. And I think that a lot of us as real estate agents end up finding ourselves in that position. And so let's talk about how to recognize the signs of when we find ourselves in this imbalance and then what we can do to get out of it. So the first step to addressing any issue is just recognizing that there's a problem, right? It's just all too easy, especially in real estate, to get caught up in our careers and caught up in building our real estate business, and then ultimately just neglecting our personal lives. And the weird thing about this business is in the moment, time feels like it is just crawling, but the years go by really fast in real estate. And so much time can pass by where you are putting off personal goals and putting off those trips and adventures and putting off time that you should be spending with your family. And suddenly you look up and, and years have gone by where you have not honored those commitments. Now, that's one thing, but let's look at what other symptoms or signs we can be looking at here, right? Other signs when we are experiencing a work-life imbalance include burnout, relationship problems, and health issues. Now, to give you an idea of how this can happen, I can share, I can point to my past and share any one of a hundred stories over the last nearly 10 years of being in business, but I will share that whenever I sense an imbalance occurring, a lot of times it tends to come in the form of me neglecting my health. Now, let me share kind of what that looks like. So for me, any time that I'm not taking the time to care for my well-being and take time to focus on my family, things start slipping. 
As soon as I start borrowing time away from my physical health, whether it's skipping the gym or out home workouts, or maybe skipping my meditation practice, I know it's going to cost me so much more in the long run. My decision making gets a little slower, my focus gets more cloudy, and tasks for me end up taking a lot longer to complete. And then there's the guilt. Guilt creeps in when I think about what I should be doing, and it makes everything just take even longer and feel even harder. It's a vicious cycle. And I've learned not to worry at this point about what protecting my health will cost. Instead, I've learned that we need to be worried about what not protecting it will cost. In not taking time to recharge and refocus and reconnect, we become more susceptible to illness and injury, right? Your immune system starts taking a hit when you're eating junk and not moving your body. Obviously, we know this. And then you get sick. And what happens then? We start dropping the ball. We have to take time off of work anyways. And it's just so much harder and more complicated than if we had just taken the time to plan and designate a plan on how we want to fortify our health and protect our well-being in really busy seasons of business. So begin recognizing the signs. Is there a time when you start just kind of falling under the weather or getting sick? Or do you find that you start just kind of having more problems in your relationships and fights start occurring with those who matter to you more often? Or are you feeling that pull to go and explore and travel and indulge in life and then you're feeling the guilt or sadness or frustration at not being able to do that? Those are surefire signs that things are begin to, beginning to tip in the wrong direction. Now, you need to learn to recognize the issue. And I promise that every time you think you've corrected it for the last time, just know it's probably going to happen again. So truly, truly learn to recognize those signs and expect that sometimes we may fall into old patterns that lead to that imbalance happening again. But let's also talk about setting boundaries because it's crucial to establish clear boundaries between work and personal time to prevent that burnout and then maintain healthy relationships. One effective way to set boundaries is by prioritizing and making time for self-care, for hobbies, or other interests outside of work. And I know you're listening to this probably rolling your eyes like, Stephanie, I'm a real estate agent. Like I need to be on call to my clients or else I'm going to lose them to the next most available real estate agent. Well, here's why we spend so much time helping real estate agents navigate this in the Market Authority Academy. You feel like you can't set boundaries when you're not giving your clients a compelling reason to hire you over your competition. When your entire selling point is being available to open doors or put a sign in the yard, and that's all you have to offer, of course you are going to have challenges retaining clients when you take time off because you have not helped them understand what you do beyond just being available when they need you. Convenience is a great selling point, absolutely. And having great availability for your clients obviously matters in real estate. But at the end of the day, like we are not saving lives here. And I say that all the time, especially when it comes to real estate, we are not saving lives here. Emails can wait a little a little while. You can you can reject a call and get back to it later. I promise even though it feels like in the moment every decision, every move we make is going to make or break our next commission and yeah, sure sometimes it might. 
I promise for the vast majority of the time, things can wait long enough for you to get a 20 minute workout in or for you to take a walk around the block or for you to fix yourself a healthy lunch or make a call to a friend who needs you, right? So we want to allow ourselves and give ourselves permission to set boundaries with our clients, but you also wanna make sure that you're taking the time to invest in the relationships that you have with your clients so they understand better why they should honor those boundaries. If you're teaching your clients to expect you to be available all the time, obviously boundaries are not going to work well, but if you teach them what your boundaries are and you give them a compelling reason to hold on tight and honor those boundaries, you're gonna have a way easier time in helping those boundaries support your business. Thanks for tuning in. High five on taking some time to invest in yourself and in your business. If you're looking for more, head over to the show notes to find all the details and links to resources mentioned in this episode of the Market Authority Show. And if you're looking to find a new crew of like-minded pros to ask questions and bounce ideas off of, head over to the marketauthorityacademy.com to join my exclusive community on Facebook, check out my latest free masterclass and tons of bonus content, or apply to my mentorship program to learn how I can help you triple your business this year. Until next time, keep on crushing it.